If you begin turning to Psalm 32, we are continuing our meditations on Psalm 32, nearing the end of it. I'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 9. A psalm of David, a contemplation. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we do come to your word now to learn and to obey. We come trembling and we ask as you're redeemed that we would be teachable and willing to receive your guidance from your spirit. And may we come to this communion table, Lord, with thankfulness and with ready hearts and we ask for your grace in this. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Well, we've been learning a lot from the word lately uh, in a number of ways, through the meditations and through Rodney's, uh, through the series that Rodney is preaching through now about guidance. Been learning a lot about guidance from the Word of God and, uh, by the, and about the leading of the Lord. And the sermon series that Rodney is working through on marching orders has been pointing out that we are to march. We're to be a marching people, moving in the path of the Lord. And then how to do that? How do we follow that path? Now, these verses in Psalm 32 have uh, given a, a promise that the Lord will indeed lovingly guide us as his people in the way we should go. He will do that. He is continually doing that, which is his way, the perfect way. In verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Praise God for his promise. And verse 9 today adds a little bit to this. It adds to the promise of his guidance that we must be Guidable. I don't know if that's a word really, but uh, we must be willing to be guided. That's the kind of people we should be. If we're to benefit from the Lord's kind leading of us and, and his guidance, we must not be, it says, like a mule. Well, I don't know a lot, but I've never tried to direct a mule myself, but I guess mules are noted for being uh, really stubborn and self-willed, obstinate, and they're tough to move. They don't want to move. It's hard to move them. It's hard to lead them, even. And it says here that they have no understanding. They have no understanding. Now, maybe, I don't know, maybe apparently you can whisper to horses, and they understand something. But uh, they don't have so much understanding that you can talk with them or reason with them. You know, they usually need to be controlled somehow uh, by a bit or a bridle, you know, some way. Proverbs 26.3 says, a whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the fool's back. 
So the fool is the person who will not be guided by the Lord, in other words. And the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah, this is in Isaiah chapter 1, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. And this is now in quotes. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know, and my people do not consider. In other words, they don't understand. They're not willing to try to understand. The Lord desires his people. He desires us to be willing to do his will, to understand his law. Matthew Henry said uh, on this passage, he said, let us not be like them. In other words, stubborn mules. Let us not be like them. Let us not be hurried by appetite and passion, meaning that, I mean, they go for food, you know, basically. Let's not be hurried just for that. At any time, willing to go t contrary to the dictate of right reason and to our own true interest. They do that. Mules do that. It's not in their interest. They'll do it anyway. They think it is. And then he ends with this. Where there is renewing grace, there is no need of the bit and bridle of restraining grace. Two kinds of grace he refers to. Where there is renewing grace, which we see in the table, there is no need of the bit and bridle of restraining grace. Unteachable servants and unteachable children must be controlled or harnessed, or as the ESV says, curbed, I believe, or they will not learn to come, or they won't be willing to be led. Israel was often called a stiff-necked people, proud and unwilling to follow the Lord and be led by them. The, Asaph wrote this in Psalm 73. He said, my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel. It's a wonderful picture. Asaph was angry and hurt, and so he acted, he said to the Lord, like, I was like an ignorant beast. I wasn't listening. But then he realized that he could continually come to the Lord, and he did, and that the Lord held him by his right hand and guided him with his counsel, he said. And we see this illustrated, I think, as we hold uh, our young one's hands, you know, if we're holding their hand, for example, you know, there's a busy street, they want to go, you don't want them to go, you're holding their hand uh, to guide them and protect them. And sometimes they try to pull their hand away. It's not wise, but you know, we wisely, though, teach and train them to follow our lead, and we don't let go of their hand. And I'd like to ask here, do you think you are a teachable person? Another question, how do you know if a person is teachable or is a teachable kind of person? I would just offer these few thoughts. First of all, they listen. Even they, they even seek out counsel, as Rodney has shared in, in a number of his sermons now. They seek out counsel. They want to listen. And then secondly, they think about the advice that they receive, and they weigh it. They weigh this counsel. They're like Bereans. And then they know they don't know it all. They really know they don't know it all. And generally, they don't act like know-it-alls. And then finally, you can reason with them. They're not too proud to listen. They'll talk it out. They'll let you help them to understand. In James 3, it talks about the wisdom that is from above. And it begins, there's a list. And it says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle. And the fourth one is, it says, um, 
willing to yield in the New King James, but other versions say open to reason. So the wisdom from above given to people is that they are willing to reason. They're willing to listen. And they're teachable people. Charles Spurgeon, in talking about these bits uh, in horses' mouths, he said, those cutting bits of affliction show how hard-mouthed we are. Those bridles of infirmity manifest or they show our headstrong and our willful manners. And he said, if we will be fractious, we must expect to be kept in, in other words, by God, reining us in with a tight rein. And then he said this, and I would echo it, oh, for grace to obey the Lord willingly. May we have that in this congregation. The Lord indeed gives grace as we come to his table. This is a means of grace that he has given in his kindness. Where we see his manifold grace, we see his saving grace, first of all, in the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for us on the cross, his saving grace. We also come to receive his renewing grace. We are renewed each week as we come in obedience to his table. And we praise him for his restraining grace, as I mentioned earlier, that he guides us in the right path. He holds our hand even when we want to pull away. And so may we come now, brothers and sisters, to this communion with him, with teachable hearts, submitted to be guided by his loving hand and thankful for his amazing grace. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we do praise you for your grace lavished on us in the Lord Jesus, which we see now as we come to commune with you. And we praise you for your loving kindness and your grace in guiding us always, and for your great patience with us when we are so willful and not eager to be guided. Oh, Lord, that we would be teachable, that we would be faithful disciples following our Lord and always learning from you. And we do rejoice in your leading, your leading of your people, even as we partake at your table now, you're leading in that. And we praise you in the name of our Lord and our Master, Jesus Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life. Amen.